Thank you for joining us on Warrior Women Speak. I'm Judge Rosemary Aquilina, author of Just Watch Me, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sherry Botwin, LCSW, social worker and trauma specialist and author of Thriving After Trauma, Stories of Living and Healing. We have created this podcast for your enjoyment and so that we all can talk about our issues and learn together about how to deal with trauma and those things that spring up in our everyday life. Please join us for every episode and let us know what you want to talk about. Now for the show. Sherry, it is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you. Happy Mother's Day to you, too. Thank you. Before we begin talking, I did a little bit of research because I've never really researched why do we have Mother's Day except for Hallmark? So I thought maybe that would be a really good place to start. Mother's Day honors the best mother who ever lived. And that can be your mother. It could be someone you think of as a mother. But it really dates back to to the 1850s in West Virginia when women organized into a group called Mother's Day Work Clubs. And those were designed to reduce infant mortality and improve sanitary conditions for mothers and their families. And they also cared for wounded soldiers from both sides because as we always say women are inclusive not exclusive so they just didn't care what side they just cared about making everybody healthy because they're human and I think we can learn from that that's the power of women I think and then after the war ended in 1865 there was mother's friendship day picnic so those mother's friendship day picnics were held to promote peace between both sides the Union and the Confederate, which was really important. And I think it's impressive. I looked at that and I thought, wow. Then we fast forward to 1914. President Woodrow Wilson named the second Sunday in May a national holiday called Mother's Day. A few years later, 1920, Mother's Day became a Hallmark holiday when the company released its first Mother's Day cards. So I found it just fascinating that really an anti-war protest became a commercial or a national holiday. And if you look at Mother's Day, because I just gave you the history of Mother's Day very briefly in the United States, but mothers are celebrated in different ways on different days around the globe and can be found as early as ancient Greek and Roman cultures who honored mother goddesses. Uh, and those two of those goddesses were uh, the goddess Rhea and the goddess Sybil. And what they did is they honored them by giving them festivals. So all of that being said, being a mom can be rewarding and gut-wrenching at the same time. I think historically we see that, but we also see this bond of women coming together. And I think Mother's Day can be filled with happy anticipation or fear, sorrow, dread, pain, emptiness, all of those emotions that we see at most of the holidays, Christmas is a good example where people feel all of those things depending on their 
history. And so today we're talking about what do you do when Mother's Day is difficult or depressing? And it can be difficult or depressing for lots of reasons. There could be abuse. There could be a mom who's sad because of a child's illness or death, guilt or sadness over any number of things. A lot of women don't celebrate Mother's Day because for them, they can't be mothers. And it is so sad for them. They just have to get past it. And of course, with coronavirus, many moms have been taken and they're no longer with us. Estranged children, it reminds mothers who don't get to see their children for whatever reason, children are mad at them, or there's been some family chaos or something's gone on. There's a lack of connection. Uh, the estranged children feel it, the mothers feel it. So there's a lot of work to be done and we all need to be sensitive to everyone around us on every holiday, but it's Mother's Day and we are only here because we had a mother. So true. And I'm thinking as you were sharing about the history of Mother's Day, thinking about for people out here who are struggling with the day for the reasons that you've just described, what a great way to redirect and reframe the day and have it maybe mean something different. Because I think when people are experiencing the sadness and the loss for what for what they don't have, for what they wish they had. And again, you bring up an important topic, which I wasn't even thinking about, but the idea that there's people out there that want to be moms and, and haven't been able to become moms. I think to be able to start out by talking about historically where the day comes from, it sort of opens up space to have the day mean something different in a way that might feel comforting and supportive. Exactly. And for those women out there who want to be moms and can't be moms or can't be moms yet, for whatever reason, there's always a mom who needs help. There are so many children in foster care. They want you, you know, call up an agency and go through the process, become a foster mom, become an adoptive mom. When you choose your child, those children know they were chosen forever. And I think that's a wonderful way to become a mom. So it doesn't have to be a sad, unfulfilled day. There's so many children who can fulfill your need and you can fill the hole in their life because every child needs a mom and a dad. I bet you meet so many people in your work that have either been put up for adoption or come from families where they're not wanted. And I think if they even heard what you just said now, if they if they found themselves in the right kind of home or in a place where somebody really wanted to parent them, the difference that that could make. When I think of the day and I think of it, it being Mother's Day, I think about a variety of patients and circumstances where the word has so much meaning and it means something different to so many people. As you were just talking about all the kids out there who need homes, I was just thinking about a patient that I met several years ago and she came to me because she lost her child. And I, I was remembering as you were talking about the, the historical, the day and its history, I was remembering when she first started talking to me about what brought her to therapy and what she was struggling with. One of the things that we talked about, and we didn't just talk about this in the context of Mother's Day, we talked about this on any day that the loss was in her face. We talked about what she would do to honor the loss of her child and how she could still 
feel like a mom and give herself what she needed on that day. One of the things that I remember we talked about was she has an image of holding her baby before her baby passed away. And while it's incredibly sad and painful for her to be able to call up that image of knowing that she was a mom, even though it was only for a few minutes, that provided her with comfort. That was, that was so, one of the things she could do. Would it be comforting? And I, I don't know, because I, I haven't lost a child like that. I know you've dealt with a lot of people um, who've lost children, and I've seen the outcome of some of the anguish and anger who then those people commit crimes, they use drugs, alcohol, or abuse, I should say, and end up in front of me. And then we have to deal with that um, rehabilitation and address those needs. But let me ask you this, would it be helpful for somebody who's struggling with the loss of a child to reach out to another struggling mom who has a child who might not be able to handle the child or just needs respite, just needs a few hours of sleep to help share the burden and pain of you know, a, a mother who's struggling with a child or children who some moms, I know a couple of moms who right now are struggling with breast cancer and they have children. They could use a day of respite. They could use someone to cook a meal for them, watch their children because chemo makes them tired. And so sharing that burden, one has pain because um, they're suffering and they're not giving their full self to their children and another because of the loss of a child. Sometimes I think sharing the burden, reaching out, they can help each other. Does that help or does that hurt? You know what? I think it depends on the person, but I think it's a wonderful idea. And I think a lot of what people talk about when they talk about sitting with grief working through feelings of loss is not just sitting in the feeling, but taking action and doing things that can help you be able to tolerate whatever, whatever you're feeling about the day. I think that's a wonderful idea. I actually love it. Are you well, sure? You, yeah. I actually think it's also important that whether it's Mother's Day or Christmas or New Year's, whatever the day, uh, that you tell someone that you're struggling because there are so many people who will sit with you and help you through it. Sitting there and wallowing in your pain can sometimes cause more pain, more anxiety, more depression, more despair, but sharing it and being able to talk about it, I think helps the struggle and, and really uplifts you through the day. It's so important. Uh, you know, when I was running therapy groups in my office for trauma survivors and people who had dealt with what felt like unbearable losses. I'm remembering now we, we had a group before Mother's Day and there were about six women in that group. They all had different experiences with, I call it mother loss. What we did in that group was each of the group members talked to each other about ideas and ways they could get through the day. So there was a woman in the group and she, she struggled so much with being a mom because she felt like she let her kids down. She she lived in a domestic violence situation for several years and her kids were victims of her then her husband's pathology so one of the things she talked about in the group was she felt like she didn't have the right she did not have the right to acknowledge the day to honor herself on the day so i can remember as we were sitting in the group they were saying to her you need to do things to acknowledge the the courage and bravery you have about even being able to talk about this stuff with us they were talking to her about finding ways to 
tolerate the guilt about what had happened in the past and be able to move forward. So I think it's a different form of reaching out, but that was an example of a time when I sat in the room with six other women and they really fed each other so many messages of hope and comfort about how to make the day different and how to accept that sometimes the choices that we have made inadvertently may hurt other people, including, you know, sometimes including our own children. Well, I think it's important that everybody recognize that they make mistakes in every way. I've made my own share and that moms, we make mistakes. I've made many. And the most you can do really is to forgive yourself and try to acknowledge that with your children and tell them that you're human, they're human, and hopefully build a better, even a different and stronger relationship. But if you're really hurting, I think it's important to reach out to a minister, a priest, a colleague, a friend, and especially a therapist like you to work it through. A lot of people will not talk to someone and acknowledge that pain, but they will with you, their secret keeper. And I think it is a sign of strength. And I always say that, but I truly, truly believe it to ask for help, to call a secret keeper therapist and work through whatever pain there is. One of the things that I get to witness as a therapist, when I'm talking with people like this woman, I'm telling you about in the group that I ran, what I'm able to facilitate and be a part of at times is there are people who come into therapy and they may be in their 50s or 60s, but they want to go back and do some reparation, some repairing of what was. So this, this is an example. Um, this, this woman, her name was Suzanne. One of the things that she did after she talked about what happened in her family when her kids were growing up, after she gave herself some time to work through her guilt about not being able to protect her children, she had conversations with her kids when they became adults. She went back and she said to them, there's things that I wished I could have done different. There's things that I feel like I can't forgive myself for. And to be able to acknowledge those mistakes, I, I don't know if, if you know this, but kids really do benefit from hearing from their parents. When, when we as parents, don't make the best choices and we can own that. To be able to say, I'm so sorry for whatever it is that we did or just have done, that that can be so healing. And I think that would be one of the messages I would wanna put out there today. If you're, if you're trying to figure out how do I go back and repair something that's already been done or how do I, how do I let my daughter or my son know now that what I did then was probably not the best choice I don't think it's ever too late. I don't think it's ever too late to, to take responsibility for a choice that we made, especially when you understand more now why you made the choice that you made. I think that that can be so healing. And I know there's a lot of people out here that may never get that from their parents because a lot of times, like you're saying, people don't wanna face their, their secrets or their guilt or their shame, but it really is never too late. And it's sim it seems simple, but it's so important when you have that opportunity with your parent to hear from them about something they wish they had done different in the past. So what would you recommend? I know that there are parents who are not talking to their children, children who are not talking to their parents. 
and they're so polarized for whatever reason, real or perceived. It's not always real. And oftentimes it's real, but not recognized. So there's a lot of pain there. Is there some magic tool that you can use to bring them together, a letter, a third party? What do you recommend in those cases? So I think I have two, two ways I would respond. If you're the parent and you're trying to figure out how do I open up dialogue or communication with my son or daughter about things that have happened, I would definitely say, sit down and write a letter. Take, take some time out of your day today, sit down and write. What are some of the things that I wished I had done different? Or what are the things that I know now that I didn't know before? Write that letter and then sit with it. Give yourself a chance to write it, go off and do your day, do other things. And then maybe in a week or two weeks or in 24 hours, go back and reread it. And then think about what, what, what am I wanting to accomplish or what do I hope to get out of this? And then you would sort of decide from there, is this something that I should send? Is this a letter that I need to bring to my therapist? Is this a letter I might wanna to read to my current partner? That's what I would say to the mom. If you're, if you're the kid or the adult child of a parent that doesn't really see opportunity for healing, what I might suggest is you also can write a letter to that parent, even if, it, even if your mom's no longer here, you can sit down and write a letter and talk about what are some of the things that you struggle with the most or what are some of the feelings that you're having that you feel as though you have not been able to resolve. I think being able to express your feelings and talk about the hopes, the wishes, the dreams, and to be able to recognize what is possible versus what might not be possible, I think that's also really so important. I think that as you're talking, I'm thinking about a couple of things. One is that acknowledging that you're hurting is really good and writing is good therapy, but it's also okay to yell at God or yell at the sky or go to your mirror and just yell into it and really acknowledge that you're hurting. And then I think it's important that you find ways to give back and help others because I think that's very healing. But most important, above all else, celebrate your life and create new traditions to look forward to, maybe a new place to travel, and try a new food, play a new game, eat a new dessert, my favorite. Uh, go on a hike route that's different that you might, than you might normally do. And you know, change things up so that every Mother's Day, you're looking forward to something that you can change up in your life or try something new and make that a yearly goal. And make plans too on Mother's Day. If you're unhappy about it, you feel alone, sit down and make plans for the next day that are positive and something to look forward to. So you're not wallowing in, oh, geez, I'm alone. I wish I wouldn't have done this or I should have done that. Do some positive affirmations, some yoga, and focus on the next day and the wonderful person you are and the things that you're going to do by yourself and with others so you have something to look forward to. When I think of the word Mother's Day, the word that comes to mind is nurture. So one of the things that I think about is that you don't have to be a mom to acknowledge yourself on this day. And you don't have to have a mom to celebrate the day. And I think this is some of what you're talking about. So one of the things that I try to do with people, especially people who struggle with 
hurting themselves when they're in pain is I say to them, let's think of some reasons why you might want to make this day about you too. So for instance, I work with a lot of teachers, a lot of nurses, doctors, I work with other therapists and I work with tons of people who are pet owners. And I say to say to my patients, you don't have to be a mom to do something good for yourself on Mother's Day. So this is an opportunity because Mother's Day is a day when the loss can be so much in your face. This is an opportunity to take the day and do something that's gonna make you feel nurtured, especially if you come from a place where you felt like you didn't get that. I think especially on a day like today, it's so important to be able to do that. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why you and I decided to do this, this episode was because we want, we want people to, to make good choices. We want people to figure out what can I do to, to comfort myself. And the, the ideas that you're giving are all, you know, wonderful examples of how to comfort and nurture versus sit in the sadness and feel alone in it, because that's, that's just not a good feeling. And you're not alone. You're definitely not alone in that feeling. Yeah. And you know what? You can be a mom dog, right? So you have a dog, you have a cat, be the, the mom to that dog or that cat or that bird or, or the snake or whatever pet you have. I don't know what you relate to, but animals really rely on us. We are their mothers. And the word mom, now we have so many different makeups of families. It might be two dads, it might be two moms. Um, there, there's so many different makeups. I think the mom word needs to be more generic and you really need to think of just that love and presence the nurturing in the home and who is the person that does that on that day and we also have father's day coming up and everybody sort of fits into their own roles but we shouldn't put moms in a box that mom must have a human baby it could have she could have an animal baby or she could be a he it's we need to look more globally and less focused on the, the traditional meaning of mom. And I think I always like words. I guess that's the lawyer in me, but uh, I would take the P in the pain and turn it into positivity by proactiveness, productivity, and provide pleasure in place of pain. And that's a tongue twister, I know, but that's my rule for today. I love that. We're going to have to put that in the show notes because that's, that's so empowering that you're giving me energy just sitting here reading that. I think it's amazing. And I think one of the things that I noticed, I, I definitely noticed this year, especially when I go on social media or I talk to patients about the day, this is what I notice. I notice on social media, people are either posting pictures of their moms and how much they love them and they can't wait to celebrate the day. There's that post, they're honoring their moms. And then there's the post about people who've lost their moms to illness. So people whose moms have passed. I noticed social media is filled with that, but there's so little posting about feeling motherless, feeling emotionally hungry for the mother that I never had, feeling, feeling conflicted about my feelings for my mom because on the one hand she gave birth to me but on the other hand she did a lot of awful things so the focus in the media is so black and white and the the truth is this is not a black and white topic this is not it's not a black and white issue when you talk about there's different kinds of mom there's people who come from families where they have two dads there's people 
who are married to other women and they share the role of motherhood with their partner. So I think we really need to be open to the idea that it's that the word mom means so much more than what the day is and what the what the Hallmark cards say. If we were to go shopping for a card today about dealing with the complicated feelings about our moms on Mother's Day, we probably wouldn't find one. Right. I think I would look for the card that said Mother's Day makeover. Allow yourself to grieve and to grow, celebrate who you are, and be grateful for the women in your life, your coach, your teacher, your godmother, your friend, and the impact of others around you. Because I think we need to take the history that I gave you and look at it in 19, uh, 90, 1990, I'm sorry, 1914, when President Woodrow Wilson uh, made it that national holiday and look at the intent and call it really um, an inspired person's day maybe and have that be the 20, 21st century uh, definition of Mother's Day because it really needs that makeover so that as it continues to morph with all these dates, we're looking at expanding it and humanizing it, not guilting us into feeling less, but making us feel, allowing us, I should say, to feel more and understanding that although most women have some conflict about Mother's Day, we need to celebrate Mother's Day and all of the people in our life who inspire us. Right, because I think, again, if you think about growing up in a family, the mom can't be everything. Even in families where moms do an incredible job of nurturing and protecting, it's still not going to be enough. We need to draw upon multiple types of relationships. And I think when I think of healing after trauma or coping with the loss of either the mom that you miss because she's no longer here or the mom that you never had, the, the thing that I think really brings people to a place of peace and healing is when they can draw upon a, multi a multitude of support services to get some of those needs met. Having people in your life that are like your big sister or the friend that you feel like accepts you for who you are no matter what. To be able to draw upon these different relationships and fill those voids and understand that even if you have a lot of people to turn to, even if you're really, really good at taking good care of yourself, there's still going to be times when you're going to yearn for something that you don't have. And I think that's the sort of the setup about Mother's Day is I think probably if we were to ask a hundred people, are there things that you wished your mom could do differently? I don't think anybody would say to us, oh no, my mom is perfect just the way she is. There's always going to be things that we can't give to ourselves and others. And I think it's our responsibility when we feel like something's missing to go and find that somewhere else. I, I agree. And for those who are missing their moms because they have passed, you can honor your mother by making her favorite meal, uh, putting flowers at her gravesite, uh, playing her favorite music, even if it's something that drove you crazy, what will happen is you'll play that song and you will now laugh about it or smile about it, even though she played it over and over and over again. And you kept saying, mom, change the channel. It might not, like my dad loves opera. 
I learned to not like opera because it was just so around me. But I think when he passes, he hasn't yet, but I think when he passes, I will probably listen to opera just to go back in history and remember that. My mother, my sister and I laugh because we call her parsley because it's hard for me to set out a dinner plate without putting a piece of parsley on it or something, some decoration on it. And when I don't do that, I can hear her voice saying, well, didn't you put any parsley on it? And so even though that can drive you crazy, and I've told her this, when she dies, I'm going to hear her voice about the parsley and reminding me to feed the birds in the backyard. So those are things we can revisit. So if your mother liked birds, fill the bird feeders, go buy a bird feeder, uh, fill the bird bath, do something to honor the person who's passed because they're with you, they hear you, they see you, and you will really feel closer to them. I mean, these are great ideas. And I think this is something that I I really adore about you. I feel like you have such a great way of taking situations where there's loss and finding a way to make it happy or make you, 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 when you talk about how people can deal with loss, and I think you do this in your courtroom too, you always find a way to look at the positive side. And I think one of the, one of the things that people talk about when they talk about grieving is being able to reminisce or do things that remind them of the missing person. It's making me think of this other patient that I, that I've known for a while and she lost her mom several years ago. And we've, we've been in therapy for a few years and mother's day every year was always such a difficult day, probably like a month before the day came, she was saying things to me about how she was getting more depressed. She was drinking more, all this stuff that really, again, doesn't really help her. And one of the stories that she shared with me last year was she decided she wanted to have the day be different than years past. So what she did, and I was like, you go girl. When she told me this story, I was so proud of her. She got on the phone with her siblings and for the first time ever, they got together. And what they did was they did things to, like you're saying, they did things that were, were memories that included their mom when they were little. And she told me about the experience. And when she came in and talked to me about it a couple weeks later, she was very sad. She had tears in her eyes, but she was smiling. She said it was amazing because it was the first year I didn't just sit and drink and stay in my bed feeling like it's not fair that my mom's not here anymore. She shared the day with her siblings. They went through the experience and, and, and they, they definitely had moments from what she said where they felt sad but they took care of each other and they it's all about perspective it's yep. And I think too, what they described was they felt like their mom was with them that day. Yeah. I had a young man in front of me recently committed a crime, didn't have a huge criminal history. And I was just struck by him and I stared at him and I said, you don't have the worst history here. I'm really not understanding how this crime fits with you because I just don't see you as a crime breaker, as a lawbreaker, as someone who needs to be in jail or prison. So there's more to the story here. And I noticed your mother has recently passed. And he said, yes, and he had tears in his eyes. And I said, well, you know, she's with you and she wants you to get that pebble out of your shoe and live a happy life and honor her by all the great things you do because she was really a remarkable mom. And she didn't raise you to be in front of a judge like this. And he burst out in tears. 
and he said, you sound just like my mother. What you said about the pebble in the shoe, only my mother has ever said that to me. And I said, sir, that's because your mother's here. She's always with you. And she knows you can do better, and so do I. By the end of this, and I sentenced him, he not only had tears in his eyes, they were no longer sad tears. They were happy tears, and he told me over and over again, I'm going to do what you said. I'm listening to my mother. I'm listening to you. I, I feel her now. And his loss, I think, was that he couldn't acknowledge to anyone how deeply it went, and he felt like she wasn't with him. And the minute I said, yes, and you know, you are part of her. You are honoring her just by being here. She wanted you to be here. He turned into a completely different person right in front of me. It was an amazing transition. That's a beautiful story. It makes me, it makes me think about, again, the importance of having somebody in your life that loves you, that believes in you. And what you're doing is you're reminding him that even though she's not here, you're helping him tap into her memory and carry her with him in a way that will help him make better choices moving forward. And I, I think that's so important. And it also, it makes me think, and this is a little bit different, but it makes me think of all the people out here who have dealt with abuse, who've not been protected by their moms, who have felt betrayed by their moms. And I think the people that tend to do the best in terms of healing and their recovery moving forward is finding other people that can fill some of those voids. You can't go out and get a new mom. You're never going to be able to do that. But if you can find people like this defendant's mom, if you can, if you can connect with people who you feel like have your best interests at heart and who care about you, it sounds so trivial, but it's, it could save somebody's life. It, it could make the difference between, do I commit that crime? Do I do that awful behavior to myself and my body? When we can call up those people in our life, whether they're here or not, that really care about what happens to us, we're gonna make much better choices. And I think today is Mother's Day and as difficult or even as happy a day as it is, whatever place you're in, make sure that everyone, and think about this, think about this as we're talking, think about how can I honor myself? How can I honor all of the mothers before me and all of those to come? What is it I can do? And it doesn't have to be something great, but if you feel honored because you're eating a cupcake with a huge mountain of frosting and you don't usually do that and it just tastes damn good, then do that and honor yourself in that way. Have another one for your grandmother whose recipe it is. Do something that will make you feel internally happy and that you can also share with others because I don't want to leave this on a sad note, but there's so many little tiny things that don't cost anything that we can do to bring joy to ourselves and spread it to others. And you know what? Make sure you say really kind things to yourself. This would be a day, and I wouldn't just do it on Mother's Day, but especially on Mother's Day, I would grab your journal or your gratitude jar or whatever you, whoever, whatever you talk to, and I would affirm the things about yourself that you value and that others can value with you. Because I think it's important to be able to hold on to the gifts that you have and to really make sure you speak those words to yourself. 
And as a reminder, you know, it's really cheap to get or ask your friend for some if you don't have any or go buy some. They even give them away at certain banks and wherever you are. Uh, get some post-it notes. I have them in my bathroom. I keep them there. And when I hear something really positive, I put it up. Or when I want to think of something positive and might have a down moment and not be able to really think of something happy or positive, I look at the various post-it notes I've posted when I was in a good place. And I look at those and repeat those affirmations. And sometimes I have a list of things I want to improve or do better on. But on a day I'm really happy, I can say, I'm crossing that off because, damn it, I have achieved that. So, you know, look at the post-its in your life and put some up and take some down and always have that reminder that you are worthy of love. But first and foremost, love yourself and then give some of that love away. I was just going to say, that's the thing I'm thinking as we get ready to end. I'm thinking as much as we need to take it in for ourselves, do do the same thing in terms of yourself with others. Make sure that you think about what you feel when you can nurture your pet or when you can be there for your student or when you can sit in therapy with your patient. Make sure you also acknowledge the importance of what you're doing, that you're not just finding ways to take it in, but you're also giving it out to others who may need it. Mother's Day is a celebration of life and wherever you are in Mother's Day, give and receive love because your life matters. And we, Sherry and I, Sherry, you jump in on this train right now. We are all grateful for you, right, Sherry? We are so grateful. So grateful for everybody out here who shows up and gives themselves permission to listen to conversations that may hit some buttons, but hopefully, the main thing that happens is you feel like you're being given a huge ginormous hug with words of support, affirmation, and lots of fight. So it's not just a Mother's Day Hallmark holiday. It's everyone's day to celebrate life and right. love. Love. And you know what? I will make sure that I celebrate the the energy and love that you give to the world because I, I ad admire that about you and I adore that about you. Well, I feel the same way about you and all the positive people who come into your life not feeling positive and you turn out one positive person after the next because you really help them overcome their triggers and everybody needs a Sherry in their lives. So if you have something bothering you, contact a therapist, Tell someone you need help. And certainly Sherry and I are here to listen and hopefully inspire you to go the next rung, go higher, go further than you ever thought you could. We know you can do it. We definitely do. And I'm so glad we had this conversation, especially on such an important day. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day. See you next time. Thanks so much for joining us today on Warrior Women Speak. It truly is an honor to be able to sit down with Judge Aquilina and have such meaningful conversations. Stay tuned. Each Monday, we will be releasing new episodes in the hopes that we will inspire, uplift, and instill hope. Be sure to subscribe now to at Warrior Women Speak. Until next time.